Reasons why men are afraid to commit. Does not want to lose their freedom. It says needs a lot of space. Fears relationship. Also does not see you as relationship material. Afraid of being abandoned. It says one of man's reasons why he's afraid of commitment is because they are afraid of being abandoned. They may have had a previous relationship that if their partner, they probably end up leaving them. As a result, they develop the fear of another relationship and not wanting to get hurt again. You know, and for me, I didn't have that fear as far as relationship goals or even commitment. Because as I said previously, I watched my mom look for that committed relationship and not be able to find it. And what I found was, like they said here, the easiest thing for a man to do is move away. He don't have to stay in the committed relationship. He can move on to, to do what he wants to do. You know, and uh, that was something I didn't want for myself or a partner that I was trying to have a relationship with. And that's why I made my business to really commit to any relationship that I was involved in. And definitely my marriage. You know, I made a commitment to be committed to that marriage and that relationship. And I, I can understand as a young man, I struggle with that, you know, because sometimes you go with what your eyes see and you think there's something better on the other side and not realizing or valuing what you have, you know. But as I got older and I met my wife, that changed for me and that, that pushed me in the direction that I wanted to be in the beginning. Because I prayed for that marriage, that relationship, and once I got it, I didn't want to do anything that was going to jeopardize it as I did as a young man. You know, my wife told me early on, she said, I love you, but I love God first because he's never going to let me down. And one thing I realized, and, and we all can realize it ourselves, and we all have, that man will let you down. You know, there's, there's times when we're going to fail because... There's some things we only can do with what we know, you know, and sometimes our decisions are based off of uh, what we know. And a lot of men fear those relationships and those commitments to those relationships because they don't know what to expect. They based it off of what they see. And we talked about this last week that the enemy has been very conniving, very strategic in his is bringing up of the family dynamic. And one way he can do it is uh, bringing up the commitment in families. So if you grow up in a household where you don't see that first committed relationship with your mother and father, how would you learn what commitment is? And I think that's a main issue with our society now, definitely in the minority communities where there's very few uh, two-family household. So we don't, we miss that first dynamic of what commitment means, you know, or if there is uh, two, two parents there, there's some dynamics in it where some people may be messing around and doing other things that they're not supposed to do, and you don't really understand it as a young man or a woman, so you think that's okay. And you grow up and you begin to do some of the same things. And 
enemy has been very good at showing us those things, and we we bought into that. And that's why we're talking about commitment today, and we've been talking about that for these last couple of weeks because we need to get that foundation back. Because if we don't get that foundation back, we're going to continue to struggle in our relationships. First, most of all, with our relationship with God, and then with our, our spouse, our children, and other people we come in contact with. Here it says, in this article that I was reading, it talks about, the young man said, I take commitment on a day-to-day -day basis. I see what the day brings, and I go with what I feel. What he is actually saying is, I absolutely have no commitment, and I make decisions based off the circumstances at the time. And it, it says here, commitment means that certain decisions are made in advance, irrespective of the circumstances. I will honor Christ, whatever the pain or whatever the cost, I will obey God's word, even when that is the hardest thing to do. I will do what God has called me to do when it is draining as well as when it is fulfilling. There is no other way to follow Christ. You know, and sometimes that can be a hard pill to swallow because some people say, why I got to be the bigger person? Why I got to do it? Why, why I'm the one that got to forgive when this person did the wrong thing? And, and many different areas where we struggle to commit based off of what someone else does or what someone else has done in our past relationship and it causes us to struggle with that. And for men, it's really hard because a lot of us have grown up without seeing any man be committed to anything, you know? Children, their spouse, you know, brothers and sisters, and that's a struggle for young men growing up, and we wonder why we see so many young men not caring about nobody, not having no respect for nobody, because they don't have any examples. And that's why we're talking about commitment here today. And that's why we want to continue to, to move in that area about commitment and what it means and what it takes, you know. Because God wants us to be committed. He's looking for us to, to, to stand firm and be that foundation for 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 our households, for the communities, for the lives that he's connected us with. And that first commitment, he's shown us throughout all our years. He's been committed to us. But the thing is, because we can't commit to what's in front of us, how can we commit to something that we can't see? You know, and many of us, I know for myself, I can only speak for me, I can't speak for anybody else. I know what God has done for me. I know how committed he has been to me, even when I wasn't even committed to myself, you know. So I don't have no problem with committing to him and what he's assigned me to do. Because as I continue to commit to him, I'm seeing blessing and blessing and blessing on top of blessing because of my commitment to him. And it's not to say that there's no struggles, there's no, no um, adversary trying to come up against me, because... In this walk, it takes a maturity level, and each struggle, each situation, I become more mature, you become more mature, and 
those things are no longer or are not as hard to deal with like it was in the beginning. You know, and we talk about new levels, say new levels, new devils. It's not new devils, it's the same old devil, it's just at a new level, you know, and, and that's the part that we have to be mindful of, you know, because he knows our weakness. And the key for us is to be able to recognize our weakness, you know, and if our weakness is our lustful eyes, we gotta make sure to put those under subjection. You know, if our weakness is is chasing after a dollar and, and not being committed to, to family and busy working and doing those things, he's always going to present opportunities for you to go out and get more, but here you're neglecting your family, you're neglecting the people that you love. You know, there's so many things, and it could be things, your car, you spend so much time with your car, and you making sure that is nice and clean and looking good because it represents you but here, your household is not taken care of. You know, there's so many areas where the enemy will try to, will, will cause us to miss the mark. And that's far from what God wants us to do. He wants us to, 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 to honor him, honor our families, honor who we are, who we have been called to be. We've been called to be the head of the household. We're the head, not the tail. You know, and too often we find us being the tail because we're running and hiding and not taking a responsibility and stepping up to be the man who we're supposed to be. You know, and I struggled with that as a young man because I grew up without my father and I thought I didn't have any representation or anyone to show me what it was to be a man. And during that time that I had to be still, God dealt with me with that because I was murmuring, complaining about what I didn't have. And he was reminding me of what I did have. And I didn't honor and appreciate that. And I think if most of us as men take a look at that, do some self-reflecting on, on those situations that we had in our lives where people spoke into our lives and showed us something different and how to do it differently. But because we weren't mature enough at that stage that we didn't accept it and we rejected it and we did it the way we wanted to do it and we had to deal with the results. And we say we didn't have something, but in reality we did, but we didn't appreciate it and recognize it for what it was. And that's my, that's my case. I'm not saying that's your case, but I can say that is my case. And that's why I made it a mission for myself to create a platform, to help create a platform where men could come together and share thoughts, share, be, be uh, open about some areas that we have concerns about, some areas where we have uncertainty about, because we need to be able to talk to other men about the situations that we're dealing with or maybe facing. And sometimes the answers that we have is not the right answers. And if you don't have nobody to bounce your questions off or, or hear some feedback off of, you're going to go over what you know. And what you know is not all there is to know. You know, and, and that's why we, we're struggling in society. I read a scripture the other day, and I need to find that because it, it said that, that, um, let me, let me look at the scripture. Let me see if I can find that scripture because it, it spoke volumes 
and it spoke about our past and 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 the scripture how it's it's relevant and the bible has already dealt with the, the word of god has already spoken about our past and the future and if we all we have to do is do some reflecting back into the word because there's nothing new under the sun you know and, and too often the the kids nowadays say, you don't know what's going on. It's a different time. Yes, it is. It was a different time when my mom was growing up. It was a different time when her mom was growing up. But they had to face some of the same situations. And the same thing that's going on today was going on when I was growing up. The only thing different is you guys are facing at an earlier stage because information is in abundance and it's at your it's at your fingertips. You know, for us, we didn't have the television wasn't giving us that information. We didn't have cell phones where it was at our fingertip. You know, so information was hard to find. What we do was what we was around. You know, that's how we got information. But now y'all got information at a different level. And what's happening is y'all not mature enough to understand the information. That you're getting, you know, and, and, and that's what we try to tell some of the young men that we, we talk to and share with that there's nothing new. What they're dealing with is the same things we dealt with and, and are still dealing with, you know, and, and the advice that we're trying to give them is to help them not have to go through the struggles and the hardships that we went through. And that's why commitment is something that that we, we struggle with because we don't have that foundation of what it is to be committed. You know, I've been blessed to have some people in my life who've been married for many years, who've been at jobs for many years, you know, so I see commitment, commitment to work, commitment to family, commitment to marriage, relationships, you know, I didn't have first-hand knowledge because that wasn't in my household, but I knew of it. So I knew it existed, you know, and, and those are some of the things that I desired, just like some of you may desire, you know. Maybe not in your 20s you're not designed to be in a committed relationship, and that's understandable because you're still trying to find yourself. But there's things you need to be committed to. Work, school, whatever it is that you're designed to do, you have to be committed to it because if you're not, you're going to find yourself going in a circle and wondering why you ain't moving nowhere because you don't have no sense of direction because you're not committed to anything, you know? So it's very important to have a sense of direction and a commitment to something, you know, and someone. And most of all, that first relationship, that relationship with you and God, you know, you, you have to have that spiritual relationship. And I, I read this article the other day, and it was talking about, it was a Gallup poll, and it was talking about spiritual commitment. And it said spiritual commitment attitudes. And it's also talking about spiritual commitment behaviors. And it said, with attitudes, it says, my faith involved, in, in my faith is involved in every aspect of my life. Number two, it says, spiritual commitment attitude because my faith, because of my faith, I have meaning and purpose in my life. 
And then it says, my faith gives me inner peace. And it says, I am the person who is spiritually committed. You know, and as I read that, and this was a Gallup poll that they did, a survey of over a thousand people, and this is what they got from them. From them. And we here at Harvest, we always talk about prayer, that prayer life and spending time with God. And I found that when you have that prayer life and you spend that time with God, it gives you an inner peace. It gives you an inner peace that no matter what is going on around you, you can be at peace because what you know you're doing, what's right and the right things and for the right reason, everything else is going to line up. It may take some time, but it too shall pass and it will line up. You know, and that's why that that's that spiritually committed attitude is important. It's very important. Here it says, my faith is involved in every aspect of my life. You know, and that's why faith is so important. You know, you you, you have to have faith. When you're committed to something, you have to have faith in it. You know, and I, I think about I think about my marriage, you know, and you know, with marriage, everything ain't always peachy cream. You know, we had a couple on here last week, and they're going to come back next week to share. Everything is not always peachy cream. It's going to be some hard times. It's going to be some rough times. But if you're not spiritually committed and have faith in that relationship, when those hard times come, you're ready to tuck tail and run. You know, and, and we see that in society. That's why the divorce rate is so high in the United States. You know, it, it's so crazy that you can get, it's harder to get a license to drive than it is to get a license to get married. You know, they, 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 they you have to go through bells and whistles to get you a driver's license. First, you got to get a permit. Then you got to go through testing. You got to do, do all types of things. But for marriage, all you got to do is go to the justice of the peace and say, I want to get married. And so long as you ain't been married before, and sometimes even if you have, you'll get a certificate to be married. And that's it. Your money and you're done. And now you got to live on the rest of your life. And most of it ain't the rest of our lives because that's why the divorce rate is so high. Because we don't go through the testing and the trying of what it takes to make sure this is what you want to be committed to. You know, and that's why it's so important for us to know who we are first. You got to know who you are, know your own weaknesses, know your own strengths before you can commit yourself to someone else. Because once you commit yourself to someone else, it's not just about you. It's about that other person. And definitely if you add children to it. Now it's not just about you and that person. It's about you, that person, and that child. And too often we get into these relationships and these marriages and not think about the consequences of the result of it. You know, and then we wonder why we're dealing with so much chaos in society and these broken households and these broken relationships because we don't understand what commitment is. And that's why it's so important for us to understand what commitment is. Here it says here in this article, it says, 
Businesses understand the importance of making decisions in advance. The vast majority of effective organizations have some kind of mission statement. A company can never succeed if it keeps shifting its objective. You can't decide what to do from scratch on a week-to-week -week basis. You have to have an overarching objective and it, and that enables you to prioritize your activities. It is precisely the same at the level of your personal life. You have to know who you are, why you are here, and what you are supposed to be doing. And ask this question, and I'm going to ask you, ask this question of yourself. What are five decisions you have made in advance or that you need to make regardless of the circumstances? Regardless of the circumstances. You know, oftentimes, and I, I can say this for myself because God has given me a business plan that I've put off and put off for a while because I was waiting for everything to be just right. You know, and, and too often we try to wait until things are just right and we miss the timing that God has for us. Because waiting for things to be just right, it may never happen. And if you move when God tells you to move, that just right might be just right now. And he already has some things in place that you might not see or know about, but because you didn't move in it, you don't see it. And you miss out on that opportunity, and then you wonder why your blessings have been hindered. It hasn't been hindered, you hindered them. You know, we are our own worst enemy sometimes. And that's why it talks about, it says, it says you have to know who you are why you are here, and what are you supposed to be doing? You know, I, I went to my um, my stepmother's funeral this past weekend, and it was it was an opportunity to see the impact that she had on not just my life, but others' lives. You know, lives that just came into her life. Not things that she was looking for or planning for, but because she was in the right place at the right time doing what she was supposed to do. And she was able to achieve what God has ordained for her to do. Where, where she was able to be a blessing to so many people's lives. And I ask you, how many lives are being missed Missing the blessing that you have for them and they might have for you because you're not in position. Because you're unwilling to commit to what God is calling you to do or something that you're supposed to do. You know, and for men, sometimes it's hard because we don't have those examples too often in our lives to show us what it is to be committed to anything. You know, and I, I thank God for the relationships that God has given me because good and bad, because it showed me what not what commitment isn't, and it has shown me what commitment is. 
And, and, and that's why it's so important that we share our testimony. That's why the world says greater works will you do through the words of your testimony. And that's why it's important for us to share our testimonies, good and bad. Good and bad, because people need to hear what you've been through. And it's not to brag about the negative thing, but it's to show what you overcome. So others don't have to go through those same struggles. You know, and that's why I thank God for the people that God has placed in my life to show me. To show me. And that's what we want to do here at Harvest. Men, women, we want to show you how God can use those negative things that the enemy tried to use as stumbling blocks to, to, to help build you up and to, to, to make those things stepping stones where they're no longer stumbling blocks in your lives. They're, they're stepping stones so you can move to another level. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Here it says, spiritually committed behaviors. It says, spend, I spend time in worship and prayer every day. And it says, because of my faith, I have forgiven people who have hurt me deeply. Because of my faith, I have forgiven people who have hurt me deeply. And that's something that can be tough for so many people. And this is why we have a lot of broken relationships because we have unforgiveness in our hearts. And I'm talking about people who, who say they are faith, who love God and love God's people, but have unforgiveness in their heart for somebody who hurt them people. You know, and, and people say, I heard people say this, I'm not God, I'm not Jesus. You know, that's we're not. But we're supposed to be representations of who he is. And through him, not through ourselves, through him, he will give us strength to be able to deal with those things. He ain't saying you got to be up in that person's face and saying all, all these things and, and, and allowing yourself to continue to be hurt. He's saying forgive them. Forgive them, not holding anything ill against them. And regardless of what they may have done. Because too often we have unforgiveness in our heart and that person has moved on. So we hold, we got a weight, we carrying baggage that they done let go, moved on, they ain't even thinking about you no more. They lives have moved on. And here you got a you got a baggage on your shoulder that's weighing you down and that's not allowing you to grow into all who God is calling you to be. He can't even hear your prayers. Because you have unforgiveness in your heart. And that's why it's so important for us to be able to forgive and let go. Let go and let God. He said, vengeance is mine. You ain't got to worry about it. If you're doing the right thing, don't worry about what anybody else does. You know, for me, I used to tell people, relationships, and I'll say this. I ain't never break up with anybody. They broke up with me. Yeah. And I used to, I tell them all the time, I said, look. You ain't going to never find nobody like me. You know, and it's not to be bragging about myself, but I know what I commit to the relationship. You know, and a few of them said, or some mom said, you, you cursed me. I said, I ain't curse you. 
you made the choice to move on and do what you wanted to do. You know, and and that's the part of knowing who you are and knowing what you bring to the relationship. And that's where you don't have to worry about about anything because you know what you've done and you know what you're bringing. So once you find somebody, they're going to be blessed for what you bring to the table. And that's the important part, you know. And so another part, you can turn on the mic it's all at the bottom. It says here, it says, my faith has called me to develop my given strengths. You should turn green when you turn green. It's not at the bottom. It's right here. There you go. And it says, my faith has, has called me to develop my strengths. You got it? And then it says, I will take an unpopular stand to defend my faith. You know, and when we're committed to God, when we're committed to God, it's it's sometimes it's an unpopular stand that we got to take. And I'm gonna step up to the to the mic. Come on, let me help. Let me help her. Out. So sometimes standing up for your faith can be unpopular, and some people don't understand it. And sometimes you might find yourself standing alone. And that's why we have to be encouraged as men and women of faith to be able to stand and stand boldly, irregardless if you got to stand alone. Here today, I could have been on this stage with three other people, four, honestly. But I'm here by myself, and I'm okay because I'm doing God's will. You know, there was a time where I wouldn't have done this. I, and and God's, God knows this is the truth. I would not have done this. But I know he's assigned me for a purpose and a reason. And there's sometimes you're going to have to stand alone and not be afraid to stand. Because the reality is you're not standing alone. He's standing with you. We got a question. It's actually a little more of a statement that coincides with what you're saying. I'm going to read this first and then I'll, I'm going to add to it. There are five tips that I've been looking at about commitment. The first one on this list says don't make, don't mistake involvement for commitment. And so often we get involved in things and we think that's commitment. We show up for service or we show up for a program, or we show up for the marriage or the relationship, and we do a couple of things. But that involvement in something is not commitment. So I'd like you, if you will, speak to, if you can, the difference in being involved in a relationship and being committed to a relationship. You know, and that's, that's big because we find as men, as men, and I'm going to speak from my, from my worldly perspective when I was in the world, you know, we found ourselves being involved in a lot of relationships, but not committed, you know. So we were there when we wanted to be there, you know, when, when it was convenient, you know, and 
compared to being committed, it's being there irregardless. And, and, and being there in the good times and the bad times, you know, and being able to stand firm in that commitment, you know, and being involved is just, you're just there. You know, there's, there's, there's no commitment at any time you can uninvolve yourself. You can just move on, you know. And I found that, I seen that with my mom in her relationships, you know, that they, they were involved, but they weren't committed, you know. And, and that was something I wanted differently for myself. However, I didn't know what commitment was because I didn't see it, and I didn't have a full understanding. And I believe this is what's going on in society right now, that that they don't have a full understanding of, of what commitment is, you know, because they haven't seen it. You know, nowadays, I can remember in my, my first marriage, my, um, my stepson, he, he used to want to get involved in different things, different skating, whatever it was, but as soon as he didn't feel like being a part of it no more, he said, I want to quit. And I used to tell his mom, like, you can't let him quit like that. This is something he said he wanted. He needed to be committed to it. And she allowed him to continue to quit each and every time. And it showed no consistency in anything. And, and that's what happens with relationships. If you don't be committed to something, there's no consistency. That's why even with jobs, jobs always see. If they see you don't have no consistency, they be asking, how long you was at this job? Why you been at four jobs in the last two years? It's like every six months you change jobs. And it, it can't be the job, it gotta be you. Because they don't see no consistency, they don't see no commitment. And that's what, that's what happens with being involved in something. Because as soon as it don't feel right or you don't like it no more, you move on to the next thing. You know? I listened to this. I, I, this was the word of the day today. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so, so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I gotta get up on that one. Because I was looking, it, it was in my spirit, I was looking for the scripture location. And the Holy Spirit took me to it, number 32. According to what you just said. If a man vows a vow to the Lord, or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. And, and, and that, that's so important. You know, too often, too often we give our word to something. And if we look about, think about scriptures, Everything God said was done. And that's why it's important. I tell kids now, I say, look, power of life and death is in your tongue. 
You know, so you have to speak what you want out of life and do it. You know, I, I was talking to uh, our um, our air conditioned person uh, yesterday, and he's from, he was in Africa the other day. Kwame, yes. He was in Africa the other day. He was in Africa last month. And he was talking about, we were talking about commitment and, 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 and our relationship with God. And he was saying, in Africa, he was watching them go to church every day, sometimes three times in a day. And he said, he's seen a commitment there. He said, however, I didn't see anybody doing any work. He said, I see them praying, I see them going to church, but I didn't see them working towards what they said they wanted. See, too often we ask God for something. I can remember, that even for myself, I used to be in a way, I used to see guys going on visits and, and having girlfriends and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, why don't I have one? He said, the time ain't right. I was like, wow, I'm ready. Said, but she ain't ready for you, you know. And 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 I realized that there was some work that I had to do myself. Because if I'm not right, what can I present to someone else? You know, too often we want something we're not ready for, and we ain't doing the things necessary to get ready for. You know. I, I thank God for my wife because she told me when we first got together that she loved me, but she loved God first. You know, and, and as I said often before, that was something I didn't understand. Because I left, I left the church in my first marriage for my wife who said that I was spending too much time in church and at work and not enough time with her. And, and my misunderstanding of what the scripture said, when you leave your mother and father and you join your wife and you become one, I, I, I missed the part, I didn't understand the part that that first relationship is with him. Right. And then that second relationship is, is a triune relationship because you and her and him are together right. in unity. You know, and, and I didn't understand that. And I wanted her to love me more than she loved God. Because of my misunderstanding, and too often, us men out here nowadays, we're, we're, we're having these women loving us so much more than they even loving themselves, let alone loving God, and then we wonder why they acting crazy when you do something stupid. You know? And, 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 and and why they they, they they doing some of the things they do because they're broken. They're broken, you know, and, and that's what this is about here, commitment. We're talking about commitment in marriage. We're talking about commitment as men, as women, because we want you to get an understanding of what it takes to be successful in a marriage, in your personal relationship with God, and, and in healing in yourself. Because if you don't have no commitment, to, to, to yourself, you ain't going to be able to commit to anything, let alone anyone. And that's why it's so important for you to first have that first 
relationship with God, knowing who you are. It says, knowing your purpose. It says, you have to know who you are, why you are here, and what you are supposed to be doing. What you are supposed to be doing. Each one of us has been assigned here. He said, he said, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. So we have an assignment. He had an assignment for us from the beginning. And, that, and our assignment here on earth is to have an impact, an impactful relationship. That's what he wants from us from the beginning. That's when he started with Adam. It was a personal relationship. And then he brought him on Eve so he could have an intimate relationship with his wife. So it first starts with him and then it starts with that, that connection. And that's why the word reminds us, he said, love God. And then as you love yourself and love your neighbor, that's the second commandment. So if you can't love God and then love yourself, you definitely ain't going to be able to love no one else. And this is why we struggle in so much in society right now. Because we don't have that first relationship. And then we definitely, if we we don't have a love for God. We don't even have a love for ourselves because we don't even honor the creator that, that brought us here. And then you ain't going to love the one who birthed you too. And that's why it's so important for us to come together in spite of our differences because we, we're all human. We all have different personalities. He ain't crazy. Know, robots are like what society is trying to make us into nowadays. Everybody want to be an influencer. To influence you to be just like them. To influence us to be just like them. And if God wanted us to just be just be him, he would have just made us all the same. But he created us to all have different personalities, but he wanted us to be one with him. Yeah. One with him, a loving relationship with him that we can have with our brothers and sisters. In spite of our differences and how we how we look and how we act. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma I just want to say that it's so funny that this would be one of the topics that we are talking on. But earlier today I was in the home and I was having a conversation with a couple of my sisters. And one of my
man, oh man, I thought everything was going to be rosy. I thought things, but what I realized, everything was unleashed. It was unleashed tenfold, you know. And and honestly, as I reflect back, that was the beginning of the end of my marriage. Because the enemy was attacking everything that I believed in. And that's why it's so important for us to really stand on who we are becoming. Not who we are, but who we are becoming. That's right. The scripture that I was telling you about is Romans 15, 4. And it says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that though that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Mm -hmm. We might have hope. So that's why it's important for us to have that relationship with God and, and, and spend time in the scriptures. There's, there's no time that I anything I, I think about or I may be going through, the scripture has answers for it. It got it got it gives you revelation on how to deal with it or, or what to expect. Question. Is there a question someone can highlight to see something? Sometimes you won't hear some things 
that you might not want to hear. But if they love you and they care for you, they're going to speak truth to you. And that's what I, that's what I want to have around me. You know, I, I want, I've said this before, I want to have some fat people around me. Some faithful, accountable, and teachable people around me. Because those are the people that's going to help me grow. And that's going to help you grow. And that's why we're here talking about commitment. And I'm looking forward to next week. God willing, we have the panel that's supposed to be here next week. Join us. Because this here area we're talking about with commitment is so important, definitely nowadays in society, where so many people are struggling with the word commitment and not really having a full understanding of what commitment is. And, and I believe that definitely our young people, they need to know. Because they are the future. When we're gone, they're the ones that's coming up behind us. And right now, society telling them, you ain't got to be in no committed relationship. I'm hearing all, it's a whole bunch of relationships going on now. <laughs> I'm hearing about relationships that you don't even have to speak about. It's Ooh. a dress code that you have that tells you that you're available. Uh-huh. And uh -huh. I'm like, what? Yep. It, it's, uh -huh. it's, it's coded now. Yeah. So, so, so committed relationships is... is People don't know about or not even interested in. That's right. You know, I was talking to my niece, and, and she's in Atlanta, 20, 26 years old, beautiful, and talk about how it's so hard for her to meet young men her age because they don't have a mindset about relationships. They just about hit it and Jump keep off. it moving. Jump off. You know, and... and she said the, the people that approach her are older men. Wow. And that's not what she's looking for. You know, and, and, and me and my sister, we told her, you got to change your environment. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's important. And sometimes we don't even realize that the environment that we're in is what we get. You know, so sometimes you got to change your environment to get what you want. But if you don't know what you want, you're going to find yourself going in that same old circle and wondering why you can't find that relationship or why you keep finding that same type of person is because you haven't changed your environment and, 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 and what you're looking for. And that's why it's so important for us as men to really be able to stand firm on who we are and what we're looking for. Is that a question? Yes. Um, you're absolutely right that there is a lack of more
see where in the public schools they try to change gender, they try to change you know, slavery, they try to change all they try to change everything to fit the culture. And this is only consistent with the word of God that we talk about these the last eight times that come up that we're living in. It's not gonna get better, it's gonna get worse. That's right. Yeah, you have to come to God. <laughs> you, you're always welcome, Pastor Bruce. You're always welcome. You know, and, and we're about to end here. And um, next week, I ask you guys to tune in. Please tune in next week. We're going to have a nice panel, God willing, of everybody who's supposed to be here this week. And also uh, the married couple that was here last week is going to be a part of this panel. And we're going to continue talking about commitment. It's going to be our last week on commitment. So please tune in 6 o'clock next week. And as we said, here at Harvest, we're looking, we're a kingdom-centric uh, organization who's looking to, to provide God's word for God's people. And we want to be a holistic place where you can come and receive all the things that you need. But there's some things that you have to offer that we don't have yet, that God has placed on your heart and in your spirit. And we want you to come be a part of it. If God has called you to be a part of what we're doing here, come be a part of what we're doing here at Harvard. 1101 Delaware Street in Newcastle, Delaware. We have service at 10.30 on Sundays, and at 6 o'clock we have these roundtable discussions, open panel discussions. And it's not just ourselves here on the panel. We have Pastor Boots, we have Elder Carvella, who have their own and they are available to anyone who wants to be involved in relationships. We have prayer ministry, so many different ministries that we have here that's available. And if you're looking for something that that is meaningful to you, come be a part of it here at Harvard. God bless you. We love you. And I want to close with this. I came across this here, uh, this article. It really wasn't an article, it was a video of Mr. Paul Harvey. He was a reporter. In 1965, mm. he made a profound statement. And if you have an opportunity to look it up, Paul Harvey, a reporter from Chicago, look that up and listen to what he says in 1965 and see how relevant those words mean to us today. He was preparing us. God, I guess the Holy Spirit spoke to him then about what was coming. And we are living it right now. But we can change it through our kingdom relationship, as Pastor Bruce spoke about earlier today. Our kingdom relationship with God. God bless you. We love you here at Harvest. Hope to see you Sunday, definitely next week. God bless you. Have a good night. Yep, I'm good.
heard this last night. I couldn't sleep. Big words. I lost a point over here. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate, four fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the brightest apple on the tree. So I set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I suffered the churches first. I began with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confine that what's bad is good, what's good is square. And the old, I would teach them to pray after me, our Father, which I've been walking in And then I'd get organized, I'd educate authors and I'll make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies, and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics just as I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gather on a distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher readings, I have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to remind young adolescents on things like the discipline of all young young ones of a fun while. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drugs sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, my prisons overflowing. I have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could have been gone from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse.
it's not getting moved either. It's the whole, the whole compass of it is Yes, yes, I'm, I'm, LD, you forgot to stop this one. Yeah, I got to dig it up, yeah.